0: Last time on You Meet in a Tavern.
1: We're closed. Uh, very weird thing to say for the people that just came out of your fucking basement. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's pretty drunk. He's pretty drunk. What, what are you? Simon, what? listen up. Who are you? Simon, listen up. We were sent here by Aaron, the Aaron, Milos. We're we're looking for an, an amulet that
2: we think is in the possession of... Karsis. Karsis. Oh, you need a
0: meeting with Karsis. Um, And there's a note on the chair that uh, it says, it says lots to do. We'll return this evening. Explore the city if you must, but wear these. They will help you blend in with the locals. And you hear from outside the temple, a series of pounding feet um, as dozens and dozens of guards Surround the temple and bust through the doors.
3: If I was going to be, let's say, in the king's orbit anytime soon, is there anything I need to know?
0: I, the only way, the the only way that I know uh, to 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 see King Carcass is the only people that that see him are his direct guards, uh, the Grey Guard, and 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 people that that win the cleansing. Um, and in the distance, you hear this sound of a familiar voice that says, um,
1: that's him, that's him,
2: that's the guy who took my pocket watch.
0: And you see at the end of the street, Simon, and he's pointing directly at you. And you wake up the next morning uh, and above you are more guards staring right down at you as you sleep. And one of them says, uh, yeah, you coming with us. What would Tug do?
1: (laughs) Tug would 110% (laughs) pop up and start fighting.
0: Ooh,
1: not a good time to get a two there, Kirk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they, they manage to grapple you easily and wrap, kind of hog tie you with these ropes and they take you away as well. You guys were just captured by the city guard, Karstis' city guard in the city of Korbae, Um, And you were each taken up. Now, this is going to be a little different because you guys are totally separate. So Carl got captured maybe like mid-afternoon along with Durf, probably about the same time. And then Tug, you got captured the next morning. So it's going to be a little bit, you're going to be split up for a little while, uh, maybe get back together. But um, the story kind of stays the same, but we might jump back in between in between the three of you. Uh, you're each taken up through the high city to the inner gates of the Palace of Kings in Korbai. Now, what you can see of the Redemption Pit, which is uh, the thing that kind of sits in the middle of this palace that surrounds it, um, what you can see of it is made from a skeleton of wood filled with rough red stone bulging from the seams. The canopy above is held up by thick beams of oak draped in black tattered cloth flapping in the desert wind hundreds of feet above your head. The two enormous golden statues of a horned figure loom overhead as you are led through a descending stairway below the arena. A guard grabs a torch off a nearby wall and leads you through a dark stone hallway for a while until you reach a doorway that opens into a larger, dimly lit room. Behind a large oak desk sits a scrawny man sitting between two burly guards their faces masked in shadow despite the flickering candlelight. Um, I guess we'll start with Carl, since you got captured first. So you you are captured, you are kind of shackled behind your hands, um, and you stand here in front of this man at the desk, um, and he says, uh, he
2: says, name? My name is Carl. Crime? I have committed no crime
0: Uh uh-huh okay so the guard says uh trespassing in restricted area there were no
2: signs posted you saw the chains sir
0: if you remember there were chains that surrounded the uh the uh, temple district that you had to crawl past so the scrawny man jots down something on a long roll of parchment that furls over the desk and onto the floor and he says six the guards strip you of all your belongings and place them in one of the mini chests that line the right side of the room. All your armor, all your clothes—I guess except you're probably wearing. Are you a boxers or briefs kind of guy? Nope, commando. Just kind of straight <laughs> commando. <laughs> Carl, I thought I would
1: take you as a. Carl, Bruce Carl guy. the okay. commando.
0: <laughs> Carl the commando. Okay, so you're just flowing, fly, flying in the wind. Okay. Yeah. Dom
1: um. game strong. <laughs>
0: Uh, The chest is marked with a large number six in this uh, wet red paint and carried by one of the guards out of a side door. And as you watch this happen, you feel a sudden rush of cold metal as a thick, heavy iron collar is snapped around your neck and shoulders. Out of the corner of your eye, you can see a blinking green light on its side. You notice now an identical contraption sitting just right of the scrawny man's parchment with what looks like a large melon sitting in it. The man behind the desk pulls out a rectangular box with a big red button. And he says, try any funny business. And he's interrupted by a loud crack as two metal blades are released from the iron band, slicing the melon in half with ease. Half of it rolls over towards him and he picks it up and takes a big old juicy bite. A cloth sack is thrown over your head and you hear the creak of an iron door as you are led barefoot through a series of wet stone hallways. Uh, so that was Carl. That's we're gonna we're gonna kind of like pan over to Durf, who uh, you kind of go through the same thing, Durf. You you get taken down this hallway and get down to the uh, the room with the man that's that's uh, writing some stuff on the scroll, and he says, uh, "Name." Uh,
3: go fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> he says, uh, "Oh, a feisty one, crime." And one of the guards perks up and says, theft and fleeing the scene of a crime. And he jots down something on this long roll of parchment. And uh, he says the number eight and they take away all your belongings. And as they pull off your your cloak, um, one of the guards reaches in your front pocket and pulls out with uh, hanging by its tail, a scrawny brown rat pulls out Eugene and he he's to you. He's like he's squeaking to everybody else. But to you, he's saying, Durf, Durf, what the fuck, man? Help me out. Have a brother out.
3: So. OK, I'm going to say. Well, let me ask you this. Are my, am I cuffed?
0: You are. Your hands are kind of tied tight behind your body and they're holding on to your hands.
3: OK, um, I'm going to say Eugene. Well, I'm going to say this telepathically because I can talk to Eugene with my brain. I can talk to other animals with my mouth, but I can talk to Eugene with my brain. Um, I'm going to ask him, are there any holes you see around here that we could get out of here in?
0: Um, OK, so he's going to make just a plain perception check. I would say his wisdom is not very high, so he's not going to get any pluses or minuses. I don't actually know what the stat block for a rat is. <laughs> uh okay, so he's gonna like peek around, look to the left and to the right, and you guys are just squeaking at each other. Uh he rolls a four. Sweet. He's like <laughs> he's like, Durf, Thurf, I don't I don't see nothing, man. I'm I'm scared. you gotta help me, you gotta help me out. And one of the guards is like oh, Can I
3: also do a perception check? Because I'm also looking around.
0: Sure, I guess you can. Sure. Yeah.
3: My perception is pretty good. Uh uh, that is a twenty. A twenty? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what's your your wisdoms low, like? A plus three?
3: Uh, it's plus four, and I am proficient.
0: Oh shit. Okay. So yeah. So you um you look around and you're looking for holes or some kind of cracks. Um, you noticed in front of you to the right of the desk, there's that big iron door that leads somewhere else into the dungeons. Um, and you do notice that like there's uh maybe a couple. 2 or 3 inch inch uh, space in between the ground and the door. But that's about it as far as holes that you might see in the walls or, you know, like tunnels that are around tiny tunnels.
3: Rats can squeeze through a hole the size of a quarter.
0: Okay. That's um, good, good to so know. So here's
3: what I'm going to do, and it might work and it might not work. Uh-huh. I'm going to headbutt the guard who's holding Eugene in the nose. Okay? So that he'll drop Eugene. I'm going to yell, let's get the fuck out of here, and I'm going to turn into a rat, and we're going to get the fuck out of (laughs) there.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, So, that's fine. (laughs) That's a great idea. I love it. Uh, All right, so you're going to have to make a um, unarmed attack roll. So this is going to be a uh, d20 plus your strength modifier to see if you hit this guy with your head. Okay. 19. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, you you crush this asshole in the face with your forehead. Um and he's going to take what's your strength modifier? Well, you know, you roll it. D4, D4 plus your strength modifier. Zero. Okay.
3: 3.
0: Yeah, he's going to take 3 damage as you bust up his nose and blood starts ringing down his face. Um and he lets a howl like ah! and throws Eugene up into the air who lands on the ground, um, and starts running after the, uh, the door. And he, he makes his way through this crack in the door. Um, are you trying to turn into a rat at this point? I, uh, I,
3: as, as soon as I make contact with his nose and he staggers back, I turn into a rat and follow Eugene.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So as you, uh, as you turn into a rat, if you remember when we first started and you first turned into your first animal... Uh, all the things that you wear uh, become rat-sized. Okay. So the guard is still kind of holding on to your tiny little roped hands. <laughs> so you're going to have to make, like, some kind of strength check to make sure you get loose. You <laughs> just imagine, imagine this so you happen. <laughs> just, you just
1: got DM'd, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> Wait, so can a rat even have its
3: hands tied oh
0: behind its back? Well I, I I might be real uncomfortable, but yeah, it can. I'm
1: gonna need you to make a strength check. <laughs> a strength check. Okay. What's your what's your rat bonus on strength checks, fam? <laughs>
0: Three <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you are unable to to kind of get out of these restraints as he's uh, grabbing your hand um, and and he picks you up and he's like, "God damn it! What the fuck is this?" And I bite him on the hand. You, you bite him on the hand. Okay, it hurts. And um, he he walks you out through those main doors and the chest with all your belongings on it goes through the side door. Um, I guess he's walking you out. he's more like just cupping you in in both hands um he's like i fucking hate druids. I'm gonna keep biting him okay all right tug uh yeah, same thing tug you get you get led uh the next morning you get led down this this tunnel to this this main room where the guard says uh, or the the man behind the desk says
1: name tug mugbar crime Overenthusiastic finger puppetry. <laughs> double birds (laughs) double birds
0: Uh, and one of the guards like (laughs) smacks you across the face um, and he says
1: breaking and entering and resisting arrest absolutely not I was sleeping you guys broke in and entered that's bullshit
0: okay Uh, and the the guy behind the um, desk says uh, says 12 and he jots down something on
1: this long roll of parchment literally my favorite number good um just kidding my favorite number is 11 (laughs) well uh, okay
0: uh and the guard writes a big number 12 he starts to write an 11 and then he's like oh shit no then he writes a 12 on the chest with all your belongings that are that are removed from your person are you a boxers or briefs guy didn't ask her
1: I'd also feel like tug would wear nothing ever um Jesus real question though are my fists still attached to my wrists
0: get yes oh your your wraps your wraps okay yeah your fist wraps are still attached to your i'm in great fist. shape yeah. i'm in um, great shape yeah. and the uh, the guards take you out through that through that main door a cloth sack is thrown over your head and you hear the creak of an iron door as you are led barefoot through a series of wet stone hallways you smell warm sweat blood and hemp from your makeshift helmet as you travel listening to cries of pain and hideous laughter coming from from what can only be other prisoners in their cells. Um, tug, I'll say this to you in particular, Tug, as you walk down this passageway, all of a sudden you feel this this unexplainable tightness in your chest and this pain that kind of rushes through your whole body. You weren't, you weren't hit. You didn't stub your toe or anything, um, but you stumble for just a moment to catch your footing as you kind of fall forward to the ground,
1: almost passing out almost. Um, Question Is it like heartburn or shortness of breath?
0: A little bit of both, a little bit of both. Kind of like a okay. full body, uh, almost like a panic attack kind of thing. Um, okay. The guards yank you back up and give you a solid hit on the head that makes your ears ring for a while. And eventually, you guys are, are thrown forward. Um, they remove your shackles and throw you, all three of you, forward into a cell of your own. You hear a loud slam from an iron door echoing off the walls around you. And you guys
1: are all in cells, all in cells, separate within, uh, within cells. vision of each other. But we can see each other. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I will say probably Carl and Durf might have passed each other since they were captured around the same time. Tug, you haven't seen any sight of either of them, but you guys are in your own cells. Um, and as you look around, you see just this plain iron door uh, with no windows covering the, the only entrance to this room
1: um so iron door doesn't have like the classic like three bars like viewing window at the top no like, nothing i could yell through
0: nothing you could yell through no uh,
1: i will attempt i will attempt to you yell cannot. anyways okay i will attempt to yell anyways because i don't know if we can hear each other or not i'm just gonna yell out um <clears throat> derf carl anybody here where you guys at
0: okay uh why don't you guys roll uh roll perception checks Twenty one. Wow. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Durf over kind of like the screams and the moans. You do make out a slight, very, very, very slight noise uh, that you recognize as as Tug's voice uh, coming from somewhere in the hallway nearby.
3: Can I tell what direction it's coming from?
0: Not really. It's just kind of coming from somewhere, somewhere outside through. It's it's coming through metal and stone. So he had to yell pretty, pretty loud uh but you have yeah you really can't tell which direction it kind of echoes off the walls. Can I hear what he's saying? Um you mostly just with a 21 I mean this is going to be really hard. You'd have to roll like really well to hear what he's saying. You're you're mostly just you recognize his tone of voice over some of the other prisoners around you. Carl, what'd you get? 14. Yeah, so you don't hear him at all.
3: I guess I'll yell back, "Hey man, we're fucked." <laughs>
1: Okay. Doug, you want to roll a perception check? Count a counter perception? Yeah. A five? <laughs> uh yeah,
0: you definitely don't hear anything. You actually don't even hear the people right next to you screaming. I'm deaf. <laughs> You're just deaf. Um and let's see, derf Uh well actually not derf. Let's do uh
3: So 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 do I have one of those collars on me?
0: Yeah, all three of you, oh um,
3: because i did not transform back into a human to let them put it on okay. so they would have had to put a rat sized collar on
0: me yeah uh they um okay yeah sure so they wait they actually wait uh how long are you an animal for an hour an hour
1: yeah yeah um, well considering they caught me the next day i'm thinking that time <laughs> ran out yeah <laughs> yeah that time Unless definitely you just ran spammed out. the rat spell <laughs> <laughs> He can only do it twice per day, right? You're like a <laughs> shitty version of the Wonder Twins.
2: <laughs> Form of rat
0: again. <laughs> so yeah, Durf, um, when At some point, when you turn back into into a a half elf, um, the guards storm in and kind of take control of you and do do throw a collar on your neck. So all three of you have these huge metallic metallic thick collars that kind of wrap around your neck and your shoulders. Um, Carl in your cell in particularly, uh, as you sit waiting, a large cockroach comes crawling from a hole in the wall and, uh, it crawls towards you and stops and kind of looks up at you, which is kind of weird for a cockroach. You notice that it only has one feeler protruding from the right side of its head and it sits there for a moment and suddenly opens its wings revealing a piece of paper underneath that falls out onto the floor. And you strain your eyes when you pick this up to make out the tiny writing that says, Sorry, only way, trust, stay alive, plan. And it's signed with an S. And by the time you turn back around towards the cockroach,
2: it's gone. All right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm going to relay this to Durf.
0: But you guys aren't in the same cell. Well,
2: no, I thought, I thought you said that we were, like,
1: in the same room.
0: Anyway. No, no, no. You guys are in set totally separate cells. Oh, okay. You don't
1: see all each right. other I all. think he said he passed you guys. Oh, okay. But because okay. I was caught the next day. I misunderstood. Right. You sure, guys so were captured. I, I
3: continue to not trust that fucking snitch.
0: <laughs> Who, uh, Simon? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of fucked you, didn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, booty hold us. Hard. Yeah. Booty squirts. Big time. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah, so you guys sit you guys in the sit in the cell, uh, Durf and Carl, you sit I'm there for a while. Tuck does
1: push-ups time. and works on monk related, uh, monastic body like workouts, okay. much like he did in the Arcane Tower Just when we were in our time.
0: Straighten the nude. Don't you need like compression shorts for that kind of stuff?
1: Disrespectfully disagree. Wayne does done touch the ground. We good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Am I able to take a rest and get get my
3: get the uh the beast shape, or the wild shape that I yeah uh, burned in my abortive attempt to escape. Right back.
0: So, yeah. So you guys are definitely in. You and um, Carl both are in there for a pretty long time. You're in there overnight, essentially, because Carl uh, Tug gets captured in the morning, and Tug, you you're still in there for quite a few hours. Um, over the sounds of the moans and the screams that are coming from the other cells. You hear the occasional dull roar of a crowd coming from somewhere above. A couple times you feel the ceiling rattle as small, loose rocks and dust rain over your head. A few hours later, you are collected from your cells by two guards, re and you are led back through the tunnels for a shorter trip.
3: Wait, was I not shackled? No. I had a plan.
0: But you had a collar <laughs> on, I'll remind you. A collar that with a, with a button push... Chop your fucking head off. (laughs) Eh, Okay. Okay. Uh, You still want to
3: do
2: the
1: plan? The game continues. I I, I, kind
3: of do still want to do the plan. Okay. What what are you going to
2: do? Actually, hmm.
3: Okay, yeah, I'm definitely still going to do the plan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to turn into not a giant wolf spider, but just a regular spider. (laughs) Okay. Uh, in the morning, before everybody gets up, and I'm going to crawl up over the door and kind of sit right where I can just creep out as soon as they open the door and look in the cell, and they're like, "Where the fuck's that guy? Where'd he go?" I'm going to creep out. And doesn't the dollar uh, well, okay, change size.
0: Okay, that's a good idea. I like that idea. But how are you going to tell? Because this spell only lasts an hour, right? Uh huh. So you're just like testing this out a few times to see when they're going to come knock on your cell, because you have no idea when they're going to come collect you. I'm just but trying does, to be honest. Oh, hold
2: on! Here. Doesn't the collar are just also change size again? Yeah, he would, he would. He would still have the so collar
0: on as a spider.
3: But if they chop my head off, I will go to zero HP and just turn back into a half elf.
1: With no, okay. no, no! What? What's the recovery? There, on there's there? a
0: difference between taking damage and getting your fucking head chopped off. I don't think it is. I think it is. I dispute that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. I'm just going to say that's not going to happen. I, I tell you what. Here Here we go. Durf, if you can roll a natural 20, I will allow you to time it perfectly so that you are a spider when they open the door.
3: Okay. Let's fucking do it. Let's roll a natural 20. He should have said... <laughs> Fuck!
0: 19. <laughs> a fucking well, it 19. A it was a 19.
2: 19. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Durf's dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, doesn't work. Durf, <laughs> Durf, you turn into a spider and you post up at the top of the door and you wait there and you wait and you wait and you wait and you turn into back into Durf and fall to the ground. And the guard opens the door just after this happens and sees you <laughs> in a heap on the floor and says, what the fuck's up with this guy? And he picks you up and shackles you. And you guys are taken on a shorter trip. Are we all naked right now? Are you naked? I don't know. You didn't say whether you're boxers or briefs.
3: I wear a, a fig leaf over my balls. This is the phone fig leaf wilderness
0: style. Okay, sure. Um, are <clears throat> you taken uh, on a on a shorter trip and led back through the tunnels and you were taken to a small room and you still have the bag over your head but you feel rock and sand beneath your feet. Uh, There's nothing in this room except for a large oak chest with the number that the man behind the desk called on it. One of the guards says right before closing the door, might want to put your shit back on for this. And the door slams behind them. And you guys are all in separate rooms here. And my shit's in there. Uh, yeah, you open the chest and you see that it's it's got everything, everything you came to the dungeons with uh, all oh items, boy. all your weapons, all your armor. Uh, it's got any beers or health potions that you might have had. Um, the only things that are missing are the pouch of of pocket portals that you had and all of your gold is gone.
1: So literally just my goal is gone because I'm the only one that had any left. That is correct. <laughs> no, you, I had a little bit. Oh, okay. Three gold pieces. I had like a 10K. I had infinite gold. Hey, I had 80. <laughs> oh, the big speech. <laughs> you get all your weapons back. The only literal thing I had on me is beer and gold. And I got half of my stuff stolen. I lost all my darts to the queen. Oh, this is a nightmare. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm going through so much personal turmoil right now this is unreal I don't know who I am I don't know where I am I'm crying my friends aren't around half my inventory has just been decimated <laughs> whatever this is, a, this is a nightmare so you guys gonna collect your things or yeah I mean yeah, yeah, I will go pick up my one thing that's left I'm dying I'm gonna get killed <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare Uh, they have spells and shit I have nothing I have gold it's the only thing I have alright well try to win it back I guess derf what were you gonna say
3: Uh, speaking of stuff, I realized that, uh, I didn't know when I made my character what a druidic focus was, but it's like, uh, it's like a holy symbol paladin focus, right? Yeah. It's something I've I've been carrying like a fucking deer antler around with me the whole time.
0: (laughs) A deer antler. Okay. I like that.
3: Just
1: in case you need to do some like covert ops, just stabbing in the throat. (laughs) Right. One deer antler. Okay. Cool. He's got, he gets his gizmo, but uh, yeah.
0: All right. So that's your, that's your druidic focus. I'm glad we could clear that up. Episode 11. Um, okay, so as soon as you collect all your things... Derf, we
1: make mistakes. Durf we make mistakes.
0: <laughs> as soon as you collect all your things and kind of throw them on and, and get all your stuff, and put them back in your bags or pouches or whatever you have, uh, the ground below you shakes and begins to rise up. And as the ceiling above you creaks open, your eyes sting as they adjust to daylight once again. As the floor finishes its ascent you see red boulders of various shapes and sizes scattered around you, some as tall as 10 or 15 feet, forming a staggered series of rock partitions between you and whatever may be on the other side. In front of you in the distance looms a wide cylindrical structure of alternating metal and stone sections that you can see over top of the boulders, reaching at least 50 feet into the air. As your eyes follow this up to the top, you see the source of the tremendous cheering roar that rings out across the arena. Thousands of people line the stands, but the cheering sounds almost unnatural, like wild animals fighting over the last piece of meat. You look out across the faces of men, women, and children, and you see blank stares with open mouths. Some even look uncomfortable or confused, but the cheering continues. Suddenly, a hush falls over the crowd as a low horn blows from somewhere above and all is still. A booming voice echoes over the arena, cutting the silence like a knife. From your position, Durf and Carl, from where you are, you can't see this, but Tug can see a large black pavilion amongst the stands sticking out, separate from the crowd on thick wooden beams. At the edge of the platform is a massive horned humanoid, standing nearly eight feet tall. Rough black horns curve around his skull and stick straight up like a crown, atop a body of deep red skin. His arms are as wide as tree trunks, and his thick tail curls protectively around his feet. Bare-chested, you clearly see a wooden amulet around his neck, glowing purple and tug, your hands burn with the furious pain. And he says, People of Korbai, the ones you see before you have committed grave crimes against your city. Crimes that must be met with punishment. Do not pity them. I ask little of you but to obey the laws within these city walls. Ah, but I am a just king. I offer them a chance to cleanse themselves of their charges. A chance to go free. A chance at redemption. He stops and looks down at the arena and calls out, Show that you are worthy of forgiveness, and I will feast with you and toast to your health. Twelve go in. Three go come out. This is the redemption pit. Welcome to the cleansing. And another low horn rings out as more ghost-like cheers erupt from the crowd. You see in the corner of your eye a light on your collar flicks on and glows green once again. And you're in it. You're in the shit. got goose from that no nope just me <laughs> what's up guys uh this is Joe uh, the dungeon master for your meaning the tavern podcast your host uh, hope you guys are doing well thank you for tuning into episode 11 a lot of exciting stuff further in this arc to come in the next few episodes. Um, so we hope you're enjoying it. And if you are, please feel free to tell other people about the show and about the episodes and, and what you like and maybe what you don't like. Um, if you've got time, please leave us an iTunes review uh, or Stitcher review. Reviews really help us grow and get our name out there. Um, and you can follow us on all social media platforms at YMIA Tavern. I think we're most most active on Twitter. That's where we have the most followers. So go, go check us out and talk about the show. Thanks um first things first we want to shout out to a podcast here on the promo pause and this week it is nerds domain in 1925 jackson elias called together a crack team of investigators to look into the carlisle expedition he died before they could meet with him but followed his clues around the world trying to stop unspeakable evil a few years later, some of those evils joined the Nazi ranks, and now the next generation of investigators fight against eldritch forces in World War II. The Nerds Domain presents Masks of Nyarlathotep, a Call of Cthulhu 6th edition actual play podcast. Follow our investigators each week as they combat the forces of the mythos. You can find them at masks.libsyn.com at nerdsdomain on Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdsdomain. So check them out if you're looking for another actual play podcast to listen to. I want to take this time now to also give a shout out to our patrons on Patreon. Um, if you want to support the show, even just a dollar, if you have a dollar a month uh, left over in your bank account and you want to help out a show and help out a podcast that you really enjoy listening to, please consider it. Uh, go on to www.patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to our top-level patron, Aaron, at the moment. Uh, it's $15. If you, if you didn't know, Aaron is a character in the in the past couple episodes, and he is uh, named after um, Aaron, our patron. He also does a podcast called Alexandria Archives. Go check them out. Um, we also want to give a shout-out to our $5 patrons, Adam Hoffling, Joe Quickle, our newest one. He also hosts a podcast called Dad D&D. It's another actual place, so check them out as well. Justin Jimenez and Kevin McCluskey, thank you guys so much for donating your money to the show. Uh, We really appreciate it, and it's already helped a bunch to uh, get us better equipment. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality has been a lot better over the past few episodes because of your help. So thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we've got an action-packed second half of this episode. And episode 11 will come out in two weeks with uh, more action. Really excited about where this arc is taking these boys um, hope you're enjoying it as well. Again, please give us a shout out or uh, talk, talk to your friends about the show. We only really advertise through word of mouth, so anything you could do to spread the word if you're enjoying it um, would be extremely helpful. Okay, enjoy the second half. We will talk to you in two weeks. Bye, guys.
1: To start, um, can't, hold on. So we don't have a we don't have a visual on the rest of the field, right?
0: You do not. You are standing amongst uh, red boulders that vary in size anywhere from four feet tall to upwards of fifteen feet tall. Um, they are on either sides of you at different different um, distances, five ten feet away from you. Uh, but you can't have- really see. The only thing you see in front of you above the rocks is this big metal. and and stone tower in the center of the arena and on either side uh you really can't see past these these different rocks that are staggered around
1: so it doesn't limit our movement no it just obscures our vision exactly exactly you can't see each other you can't Um, see each other
0: you can't see anybody else that may or may not be in this arena
1: i don't know if this is a sidebar question but are the rocks laid out in such a sense that i could like kind of like like dexterously bounce from one to another to get a high vantage point because i'm kind of tiny
0: yeah i mean we could yeah definitely we can make that happen all right so why don't we start uh and you guys can go you can do whatever you want it's open season this is an arena uh like i said there's 12 people in this arena only three come out alive um all of you are hooked up with these collars. you can go left right or straight or whatever you want to do um why don't we start with tug
1: Tug's bounding up the rocks to try and get a higher vantage point to see what's going on. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, to your left or to your
1: right? Uh, to my, if I'm 12, I'm assuming it's like a clock, I'm going to go to my left.
0: Okay, yeah. So you're if you're facing like the central pillar, go to your if left. I'm,
1: if I'm standing at 12 and looking to the center of the clock, I'm moving to my left towards one o'clock. I gotcha. Okay, yeah. So you
0: you start heading to your left um, and you, give me an acrobatics roll.
1: That is a 16.
0: Yeah, you bound up a couple different shorter rocks pretty easily and find yourself. Maybe you, you hop off like a four foot rock and then scramble up a fifth five foot rock and then take another leap over to a seven. You get up to like a 10 foot rock and you can see over top of these boulders and you see um, straight ahead towards the pillar. You see this vast kind of spance of plain red sand. Um, all the way to the base of the pillar. And pretty close to you, about 40 feet in, uh, in front of you, in between you and the, the tall pillar of um, of metal and stone, you see this massive beast, uh, and its eyes are darting back and forth among the rocks. Um, it's, it's dark brown in color, and it's got matted fur that sticks up in a frenzy. And it's almost bear-like in size, But as it turns its head, uh, kind of in your direction, you see the unmistakable face of a giant owl. And as you kind of scan the scene around, you see two similar looking beasts, uh, one white and one black, far, far off in the distance on the other side of the tower.
1: Very good. Okay, so I register that. I haven't seen any of the other combatants yet. Right. Correct. Okay, so. um, And actually, why don't you
0: go ahead and give me a. Well, no, finish what you were going to say.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, um, because I don't really know what turn order is, mm-hmm. I'm going to bound back down the rocks and stay within the last row of rocks to when the opening starts.
0: Okay, so um, and we're, so we're going to play this like there's no turn order until you see a combatant and you're in combat with them. So it's kind of free actions until till we get into initiative. Um, and as you turn to kind of hop down these rocks, I want you to give me a dexterity saving throw.
1: Okay. Uh, 24.
0: Oh shit. Okay. Um, yeah, you hear, as you're turning, you hear behind you this like singing of a weapon coming, heading in your direction. Um, and you turn and this is an attack. Someone's attacking you with a ranged weapon. And you notice that it is, it is a long, green javelin that's coming and flying
1: straight for you i have a thing called deflect missiles um i can roll to reduce the damage but i don't know if a straight dodge plays into that
0: um you're making i, I don't it,
1: actually yeah i, I mean don't i actually know how that works
0: you're dodging it um i probably should have made an attack roll instead of a uh, a saving throw well i'll make an attack roll and see if he
1: would hit anyway
0: uh he would get an 11 does that hit
1: That would not hit.
0: Yeah, so he would miss and you would dodge. So I'll let you decide since you rolled so high, if you want, you can use this ability. It's cool.
1: Okay, so um, I effectively, uh, I can roll to reduce the damage, but Mm -hmm. since it was a complete miss, I believe it goes into a ranged attack for me, which would equal... Uh, a catch of whatever it was and attempting it to send it back in the other direction
0: okay yeah so uh, again yeah. i mean this is totally like a homebrew kind of we fucked the rules up but whatever it's gonna be awesome um i'm gonna let you catch this thing mid-air and spin around and fire it and since you didn't know where it came from you're gonna be at disadvantage so roll okay. a, roll a ranged attack at disadvantage
1: So I believe a ranged attack is my attack bonus based on dexterity, correct?
0: Plus your dex, um, and this would be considered a simple monk weapon, so you would add your proficiency as well.
1: Okay, so these are going to get plus six, and I take the lower one. Right. So the first one was a 25, and then the second one was a 12.
0: Okay, uh, so you would take the 12, which would just miss. So you fire this thing back in the direction that it came from, Um, And you see, as this javelin hits the side of this rock with a clang, you can see a rush of this black cloak uh, dodge
1: behind the rocks in that direction. Okay, so I have a grasp of where my nearest opponent is. Awesome. And it's your turn.
0: And we're in initiative, so go ahead and roll. Uh, Instead of rolling initiative, since he had the first attack, that was kind of a surprise attack on you, Um, it's your turn. We'll just say it's your turn.
1: Okay, so... um... Can I move to where I saw his cloak duck behind the rocks? Yes, and that's about
0: 25 feet away from you.
1: Okay, so I'm going to uh, chase after him at regular pace so I can get there. And um, I guess I kind of turn the corner of the rock. What do I see when I turn the corner of where I saw his cape?
0: Okay, um, roll a a stealth check. Are you trying to sneak up stealthily or just kind of like barrel after him?
1: I'm just kind of barreling after him.
0: Okay, yeah. So you see a tall man kind of draped in these white and tan cloths. um, And he's got six different javelins sticking out from behind his back. And since you came barreling over, he was ready. Um, And as you turn the corner, he is going to strike out with a dagger um, to kind of catch you off guard. uh, Because you're entering his space without kind of sneaking up on him. And he rolls a uh, 14.
1: That is just shy.
0: Okay, so he strikes out with the dagger and you definitely dodge out of the way um and it and it misses just below your left arm. And go ahead and make your whatever you want to do, your attack.
1: So as his um so if it went right under my left arm, he was probably attacking me with his right hand. Yes. Okay, so as I dodge out of the way, I'm gonna come down with a, a straight elbow on his uh on his forearm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to try and uh, incapacitate him a little bit. And then um, my other attack is going to be like a right hook. So kind of like bend him down with the straight elbow down on his extended arm. And then right hook to the face. I like it. Um, So the first is a 17.
0: That will hit.
1: Okay. I will roll damage. Uh, Six.
0: Yep, that... That uh, yeah you so you get him with the elbow and you actually hear a crack as your elbow uh, breaks a bone in his forearm.
1: Landed just so I'm gonna still come through with the right hook mm-hmm. uh, on my second attack there, uh, and that is a 17 again.
0: Okay yeah that will also hit then.
1: Uh for five damage.
0: Okay yep. Uh you crack him outside the head and his head kind of bounces back on the rock and he's bleeding from his nose and his right ear, um, and he does not look in good shape. Uh, he's going to whip around and pull another javelin from behind his back and attempt to kind of slash you across the chest with it, like in one smooth motion, uh, unsheathe his his javelin and also come down at you with it. And he's going to roll a uh, he's gonna roll a 20, 14 plus 6. Yep. Uh, so good. you're going to get hit with, You're going to get hit with 7 piercing damage, and uh, I need you to make a constitution saving throw.
1: Constitution saving throw. That's not good for me. That is a gentleman's 4.
0: Okay, so that misses as well. So you are also going to take uh, 3 damage to your to your chest and it kind of sizzles around your chest and starts to spread at different areas and you feel this acidic pain kind of cross through your whole body Um, and it's your turn
1: okay so um i'm going to take this moment um can i actually cash in one of my fish strikes for like a verbal exchange is that does that make sense
0: yeah you can talk as an action Mm mm-hmm
1: I'm going to say something along. I I guess I should do it in character. Um, We can both make it out of this. Fucking stop.
0: Okay. Um, He looks at you with these narrowed eyes, um, and his face is kind of covered in this cloth over his mouth. Uh, Why don't you make a persuasion check? 17. Okay. Yeah. Um, He looks at you with narrowed eyes, um, and he keeps his eyes fixed on your fists. Um, And he's holding his hand, he's holding his broken arm with one hand, and he just nods to you slowly and darts off back across the rocks, and he disappears into the distance. Cool. All right, let's switch over. So the camera kind of zooms out from that action and pans across the arena and then zooms down uh, to Durf. Okay.
3: Um, I'm just going to kind of creep. I'm not trying to... I'm not looking for a fight. Uh, I'm like, you know, just kind of creeping around, trying to get a sense of things. Um, Would hope to either get a jump on somebody or be able to just sneak past them. Okay. Um, So I just want to kind of, I guess I'll go like, we'll say, where it's round, right? The arena we're in is round?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's like ovular in shape. So you can go forward through the rocks or left or right.
3: I'm gonna kind of creep counterclockwise, hoping I run into Carl or Tug.
0: Okay, Um, sure. Yeah, go ahead and roll a stealth check.
3: That is a twenty.
0: Okay, sweet. So you you dart back and forth the rocks, kind of like James Bond esque, like rolling left and rolling right. You might not need to, but that's what you're doing anyway. (laughs) Um, and you are sneaking around the arena and you peek your head across this, um, pretty large red boulder. And in front of you, you see, um, also kind of looking around the rocks, this massive, um, it's not a humanoid figure, but it's human in shape, except it's got all these mechanical parts, uh, as part of its body. You see this arm that's got these pipes and these. These metal parts that kind of are affixed to to its upper arm and lower arm and its hand is is this misshapen um, metal fist. And it's wearing human clothes, so it's got this big old cloak over uh, top of its chest, and it's actually wearing this, like, cowboy hat. Um, but it is, by all means, a, a mechanical creature that is moving on two legs.
3: And is he, like, okay, so it's a circle. Is he, like, towards the center of the circle Or, like, in the direction I was sneaking, sort of counterclockwise around the arena? Um, Kind of Uh, in the
0: direction you were sneaking. So from where you're at, when you look straight, all you see is more rocks. Um, And there's this big, tall, tall wall topped with this barbed wire uh, off to your left that's curving around the arena that you can kind of see above the rocks.
3: So basically, I can't keep going in the same direction?
0: Um, Well, you could, but you would... Yeah, you could you could go you could sneak past him if you wanted to. Sure, I'll
3: try to sneak past him.
0: Okay, uh, roll another stealth check since he's in your and you're going to roll it against his perception.
3: Okay, what does that mean? Um, if I it beat means his perce- that- if he, if I beat his check, I win. Right. Okay.
0: So you roll a stealth. Fifteen. Okay, I rolled an eighteen. Uh, his perception is minus one, so seventeen. So I beat your perception. Um. So, yeah, as you as you kind of roll forward to sneak out of the way, he hears you um, and he quickly, very quickly turns around and kind of lifts his arm up in a fist and cocks it. And this this his fist springs out in a bow and this bolt gets loaded up from his forearm and he fires it directly at you. And he rolls an eight. He misses. Yeah, so he misses. So as you're rolling, kind of doing a a somersault forward, the bolt uh, bounces off the the rocky ground and up and hits another rock. Um, And roll initiative, because that was a surprise attack. So he might get another attack on you. 15. He got a 13. So you're up first.
3: Okay, well, first I'm going to put my hands up in a conciliatory way and say, hey, man, what are you in for? (laughs)
0: <laughs> he he just looks at you and he says, um, does not compute.
3: Hmm. How much of a talker, I see. Uh I guess I mean I'll just ask him, you know, three of us get to leave here. There's only two of us here. We don't have to fight right now.
0: Uh Persuasion check. Eleven. Uh nope, doesn't do it. So he looks at you and he says, No allies must destroy and he cocks another crossbow and fires it at you. <laughs> and he rolled a natural one. Um, so as he fires this, uh, something in his back short circuits, and he twitches, and his arm flies uh, forward up into the into the sky, and he fires a crossbow straight up. All right, how far away from him am I? Uh, about ten feet at this point.
3: I am gonna use uh, on his hand thing. His little crossbow situation. Uh-huh. This, and this is new territory for me, so I don't know, I don't know how it's going to go. Okay. But uh, I'm going to use heat metal on it.
0: Oh, dope.
3: That's one of my spells. And so I choose a manufactured metal object, such as a metal weapon or blah, 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 that you can see within range. You cause the object to glow red hot. Uh, any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. Um, and until the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your subsequent turns to cause this damage again. If a creature is holding or wearing the object and takes the damage from it, the creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the start of your next turn.
0: All right, so here's what happens with this creature. Because it is a metallic robot, um, it is resistant to fire, or immune to fire damage, which means it is not going to take fire damage by this. However, it is going to have to make a constitution saving throw, um, and if it fails, we'll say that the heated metal kind of melts the crossbow into this, this liquid metal that cools and renders it unusable. Okay. All right. Uh, that's a 10. All right, so you cast this, and how are you casting this? Is it something that shoots out of your hand, or you're just... You snap it your like, fingers. I just
3: put my hands out, and it it gets hot. Okay. Like I'm channeling the I don't know. All right, I'm exciting the electrons around his hand.
0: Really. Okay, so you're like twiddling your fingers around like spirit fingers, and um, <laughs> the the metal around his fist heats and heats and melts, and the bow kind of falls down into the gears within his wrist, and his wrist is basically unusable as a bow now, um, and he's gonna look at this, and on his left hand. He's gonna cock it again, and this blade shoots out from his forearm, and he's gonna run at you, um, and he's gonna attack with this metallic blade. And he rolls a fifteen. Uh, fifteen is a tie. Okay, that so that hits. hits. Tie goes to the attacker. So you're gonna take uh, you're gonna take seven slashing damage as he rips it across your left shoulder. All right.
3: Okay, so he's like right on top of me, right?
0: That is correct, and he's big he's pretty big he's about about seven feet tall, maybe a foot foot and a half taller than you are okay uh
3: I will turn into a crocodile <laughs> okay and amazing uh uh as a crocodile, I bite. I have plus four to hit, and if I hit him, he is grappled. Escape DC 12, I don't really know what that means. And until the grapple ends, he's restrained.
0: So he he rolls a strength throw, and if he beats a 12 or gets a 12, he is ungrappled. So go ahead and make this biting attack. And where are you attacking him?
3: And what does grappled mean? Grappled, I guess I should ask before yeah, I grappled do grappled
0: means his speed is reduced to zero, um, and his condition ends when the grappler is inca- incapacitated or when an effect removes the grappler from reach. So basically, he can't move. He's grappled. He can't move forward or backward. He could still attack you, but he just can't. His speed is zero.
3: Okay. All right. Well, fuck it. 23.
0: Yeah, that will definitely fucking hit.
3: All right. Uh, So does 1d10 plus 2 piercing damage. Okay. four
0: okay and uh he Uh, has to make a dc 12 yeah all right so he's gonna roll uh his strength modifier and if he beats a 12 um he gets a 10 so he is grappled so you've got him in a lock um he cannot move however he can still attack so he's gonna take his sword
3: restrained
0: he's restrained
3: As, as long as he's grappled he's also restrained
0: Okay, so he's going to attack down at you with this sword that came out of his forearm, and he's going to attack with this advantage because he is restrained, um, just kind of around the, you said, the waist, the leg area. Uh, okay, so he rolls a, he's going to hit you because he rolls a 17 with this advantage. Okay, yep, that'll hit. So he kind of pokes down at your crocodile body uh, and while rolling a... Uh, pfft, he gets you for three slashing damage or piercing damage okay. with this with this blade that goes just kind of kind of slides off your crocodile's rough skin. And since he is restrained, any attack you're going to do now is going to be done with advantage.
3: Well, so here's what here's my question. While he is grappled, I can't bite another target. Does that mean I can bite him because he's not another target?
0: yeah or you can do continue I have to, bite to him.
3: ungrapple him. can I just keep biting him?
0: Yes, you can keep um, yeah, you can keep bite I think you can keep biting him, but you still have to make attack rolls.
3: okay, and I'm gonna I'm basically you know, crocodiles do a death roll, so I'm just like grabbing at his I'm gonna attack his leg and okay. kind of rip at it death roll. That is a 14.
0: um that just barely hits. okay Seven seven damage okay yeah you you reach out at his right leg um and you get a couple gears that you can hear crack and break as you twist your arm around and uh his leg gets broken underneath him and now he is prone and does not look like in in very good shape um he is prone so he's gonna go ahead and he's also
3: again grappled if he does okay if he doesn't make the save
0: yeah so oh right constitution uh that's 15 okay so he makes the save so he falls to the ground as you're as you death roll his leg apart from his body and tries to start crawling away um and but takes one last slash at your face before before trying to get out of this uh this place (laughs) near you okay and he rolls a 12 12 will hit again okay uh and he does five damage to your body Okay. Two crocodiles.
3: That will that is exactly enough to turn me back into a half elf, but I don't okay. take any damage.
0: Alright, crocodile's gone. Uh
3: so he's on the ground, kind of crawling away from me. From my understanding. Yep. Uh belly to the ground to the extent um, that this guy has like, a belly.
0: Like on his be- on his butt. He's like scooching back. He's like scooching back. Yep. Okay. And I think since you you took time to kind of turn back into a half elf, uh, you don't get you would normally get a reaction attack if someone leaves your melee range, but since that happened and you're kind of transforming back, you're not going to get that.
3: Okay, and so if he's prone, do I get, like, advantage? Yes, you do. What does prone do? I get advantage. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna fucking stab, leaf tip my spear, like, into his neck. Okay. As he scoots away. Okay. Kill him, knock his head off, do whatever. 19. Uh... Two,
0: okay.
3: <laughs> plus uh, plus one d four. What was I forget? What is leaf tip? Yep. Is that poison? poison? Can you be poisoned? Yep. Can it be like corrosive? Oh, no, it's poison? nature
0: damage. It's nature damage. Nature damage. So one. Okay, so three. That is exactly enough. So you, <laughs> I'm serious about that. Do you take leaf tip and you stab it through its neck and you just hear this. Bzz, bzz, bzz. And uh, he goes limp as um, Leaf Tip kind of twists around wires that once existed there. And you hear this long horn ring out across the arena after you kill this guy.
1: Are you sure the noise of Leaf Tip isn't... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty sure. Ha- hashtag healer. Okay. Wow. All right. Um. The camera zooms out off of that... 30 minute fight and rolls on over and zooms into Carl.
2: I don't that fight took so long I forgot if you said it. is there like shrubbery or like <laughs> vegetation in the
0: Um not that you pit? can see. No, it's pretty much just dry sand and rocks at your feet and then just red boulders, no kind of moss or anything going on around you.
2: Okay. Um I want to climb to like not the highest peak, the, the highest Plateau that's near me, but like the second highest.
0: Okay, give me uh, uh, give me athletics roll for climbing. Wouldn't that
2: be a strength?
0: Which is athletics is a strength. Is it? You might be proficient in athletics, which actually oh, might I give am. you more.
2: Yes. Twelve.
0: Um. Okay. You uh you struggle to get up the one of the higher rocks. Um. But yeah, you you manage to turn to your left and find like a smaller rock and you stand above it loud and proud uh, and you realize you're only really about four feet off the ground
2: that that's high enough for what i want to do okay uh i'm going to take my torches in my pack and pull out my flint and start a fire okay light it up and then i want to retreat to a different plateau just to kind of chill out see if somebody comes to investigate kind of check out what happens
0: okay so your total speed is
2: what the walk walking is 30.
0: OK, yeah, that's cool. So you um you find a smaller plateau where you can light this fire and like smoke kind of billows out of this torch. Um, and that's only about five feet away from you. So you take the other 25 feet to climb um, a little bit further away from you on top of a different boulder where you were kind of like peeking through to watch. Watch what happens. Yeah. OK, sweet. Um, and you sit there for only about a minute or so, and you see, uh, from across the arena or from across these boulders, uh, creeping up to the torch, you see Tug.
2: Tug, Tug, it's me.
0: Okay, and Tug looks around, Tug looks around to the left and to the right, um, and looks up at you and doesn't say anything, um, and kind of narrows his eyes and starts walking towards you. Carl, give me an insight check. Ten. Okay. Um. Yeah, you see Tug, and you, as a character, totally think that this is this is Tug. This is Tug Mugbar. I mean, it looks like right. him. Same size, same shape. I stand up shape. And start waving. Okay.
2: Tug, it's Carl. Are you going to hop I mean? down from the boulders? Are you staying up there? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm going to not hop down. I want to stay where I am because I want to keep my vantage point.
0: Okay, okay, sure. Um, yeah, so you stay where you are, and Tug kind of walks over to you um, and scrambles up the boulder uh, next
2: to you. How are you doing? What, where where did you have you ran into anybody yet?
0: Okay, and um, in a in a voice uh, he says, um, uh, "Let's let's team up and fight and kill some other people. What do you say?"
2: That sounds great. Why don't you go first? You, you got it, buddy. Let's, let's go. Very
0: well. And he hops down uh, just directly in front of the boulder, and you kind of lose sight of him under under uh, where, where you just were. Um, you're, you're at the top, and you can't see him kind of below you at the base.
2: All right, and I'll start following.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you leap down, you leap down, and you get clocked in the head. Um by the well, you might get a clocked on the head. Hang on a second. Uh yeah, that's uh that is a twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah, you get clocked in the face by this fist that comes uh, right and hits you in the back of the skull for uh seven damage. And you okay. quickly turn around to look back at Tug and you see his eyes are just glowing with this yellow light, this unnatural yellow light, as a fist reaches out towards you again. And that is a 18.
2: So I have my shield with me, but I don't have it out, so I don't get that bonus.
0: You didn't have the shield out, no. Okay, well, I so mean, I, no, you can be honest. What, yeah, what would Carl do? Would he have his shield, like, ready when he's climbing up? Or I mean, He saw tug, so he probably No, I mean, if I thought it
2: was tug, I wouldn't. Yeah, I probably
0: yeah would so him, he's no. going to so attack you again. So he's going to come out with his left hand and do a right <laughs> hook um, for five damage. So you get smacked in the face on both ends.
2: Yeah.
0: And at this point, there's no checks. This is definitely not tug. You can right. tell.
2: Uh, all right, well, I'm going to use Divine Smite and just try and end this quickly. Okay, sure. Hit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a one. Oh, it's a critical miss? Yeah.
0: What weapon are you using? Chilren. Okay. All right, you um you unsheathe Chilren from your back and lift it forward and go to strike down at tug and it cracks along the boulder in front of you. And a piece of children kind of flies off and it loses its blue glow. Um, and, uh, and tug rolls to the right or fake tag rolls to the right. Um, and he's going to try to strike out at you again. And it's actually going to leap up this, this tug like creature now with these yellow eyes is going to leap up at your chest and just go straight in with a headbutt onto your forehead. Uh, it's going to roll a 13. That does not hit. Okay, so you maybe lift your hand up to hold yeah. its head, um, and it is grappled by the hair, but it's still going to come forward with a left hook to your to your jaw. Rolls another 13. All right, it doesn't hit. And this rolls just about as good as Tug does. <laughs>
2: All right, uh, you're up, so and this thing is on your chest. He's grappled on your chest. I'm going to just try and keep him... Actually, I'm going to try and create some distance. I want to try and... Push him back with my shield. And okay. And then kind of make a lunge with Chill Okay, so I want you to, you're shoving a
0: creature away from your melee attack range just to kind of get him on the ground. Yep. Um and knock it prone. So yep. I need you to make an athletics check, and I'm gonna make an athletics check as well with Tug stats.
2: five five. Seventeen.
0: Okay, so yeah, you you shove this creature off of you with your right forearm and it cracks its head on the boulder behind it and falls to the ground prone um that is your attack so that's like that counts as an action so he's gonna try to kind of get up kind of dizzy from this prone attack and he's gonna um reach out at and try to just kick you straight in the in the balls will he not take any
2: damage from that
0: from the blood yeah he takes. take from the fall he probably should. Like yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. You, when he hits his head on the ground, um, he, why don't you roll a D4? One. Okay. Um. So he takes one damage. Sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah, and he's going to try to c- c- climb up and kick you in the balls. Uh, rolls a 14. Does not hit. That misses. So um, Tug lifts its foot up and ends up just kicking you on the inner thigh where you have some heavy armor. So it uh, doesn't do any damage. You're up.
2: Uh, he's laying back on his on his back, prone kind of. He's gotten up at this point. Oh, he's gotten up. Okay. You, I want yeah. to attack him with Chillrend. Mm-hmm. But I want to aim for a non-lethal part of his body. Okay. Like a sho- like a shoulder, maybe. Sure. Sure. Just trying to incapacitate him.
0: Okay, that's fine. You want to strike down with Chilrend. now? With Chillrend, yeah. Go ahead and make the attack roll.
2: Fifteen.
0: Okay, that will hit. Um, now, with your damage, you're not going to add your cold damage.
2: Right, because it's now busted. Uh, yeah. Six.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, you, um, you strike down with this, this broken chipped part of Chilrend, um, and the blade cuts through its arm and leaves this huge gash that starts kind of bleeding profusely, uh, from, from its upper forearm. Um, and this is the left arm. So he's going to reach up and his left arm is kind of limp at its side. And you can start to see this, this creature, these yellow eyes, um, and it, it kind of like blinks in and out this this shape turns from the tug body to this purple female you kind of almost see the shadow of this this female with long black hair um, and she's gonna reach up with her right hand and try to punch you and now the voice that she makes as she goes forward to this punch is much more high pitched it's not not so much tug's voice anymore it's more like a like a raspy like ah kind of voice and uh, it's gonna roll a 20. That hits. Okay, so that is going to do five damage to you, and I assume since uh, Tug's pretty small, this is just kind of getting you in the side between between um, pieces of your armor.
2: Okay, so obviously we are in close. I'm gonna try and uh, kind of grapple her,
0: mm-hmm. like
2: grab her with uh, like kind of behind the behind the head with my left hand, and then just kind of slam a fist into her temple to try and knock her out.
0: Okay, sure.
2: Go. My own tug mug bar.
0: Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah, that hits. And then you are gonna roll a 1D four plus your strength. Five. Okay, yeah. You punch this thing in the face, and at this point, um the the creature is not knocked out, but it um it is starting the tug vision of this face is trying to is starting to kind of fade away. Um, and this creature fades into the shape of this this dark gray elvish woman that kind of lays there, and she's got these fiery yellow eyes that are looking straight into you, um, and she is super not, not happy. Uh, and she reaches over uh, across your face and tries to claw with these long nails that she has just straight down um, your cheeks and tries to take a nice gash out of your face. And she rolls an 18.
2: Uh, does I you have your shield exactly. up at this point? Yeah,
0: you have eighteen exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that does hit. Okay. So she's gonna roll. Uh, she does four damage to you as she claws your face, and you bloods. You feel this hot blood running down your cheek.
2: Uh, before my next attack, I'm going to talk to her. Um, I'm just gonna be like, "Yield now, and this can end. I can bandage you up, and we can." Find a way out of this.
0: Go ahead and make an intimidation roll as your action. 18. Okay, yeah. She she says, she says
2: No, no, okay, I yield, I yield. My name is Carl. What's your name? My name, my name is Eve. Eve, is it okay if I bandage you? And she says,
0: Yes, yes, anything. Please, please just don't kill me. Okay, do a medicine check. Are you healing her? Are you just bandaging her up? I'm
2: just kind of bandaging her up. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna waste my healing stuff on her. Nice. Okay. That's a natural twenty.
0: Okay. Yeah. You bandage the shit out of all her wounds. Like she's not <laughs> bleeding anymore. You pop some Tylenol. Maybe you hook up like a little IV, and she's got some, uh, some like good drugs going through her system, and she's ready to go for whatever you two are gonna kind of, kind of battle together in the rest of this arena.
1: Um, and as you I don't mean sit- to interrupt right now, mm-hmm. but I literally thought I was a gnome the entire time. You said <laughs> halfling monk. Un- until I checked my character sheet just now. What
0: the f- literal fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So throw that down. Episode eleven. Jesus Christ. <laughs> at least I know at least I know how initiative works. You figured that out for ten episodes.
0: Well, you know, when you looked up Havling in the player's handbook to look up all your stats, what did you what, did, what were you thinking? <laughs> what went through
1: your head? <laughs> I, I don't have an I don't have an answer to that. <laughs>
3: Tug is going
1: through a very spiritual realization right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He just, Tug, in character, spontaneously realizes that he has not been a gnome his entire life.
1: (laughs) I was wondering why I was very not able to tinker with basic traits. Mystery solved. I'm a different race. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'm glad you could have this self-realization moment in in your cell.
1: You can cut all of that out, but that is one hundred and ten percent true. Oh, it's, fact. it's
0: fucking going at the end, you know it. <laughs>